Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape. Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys to check out our Facebook, our YouTube, and our Twitter. Search for Geekscape, you're going to find us. Of course, I'm at Jonathan London on Twitter, and if you have an email or something to send us, you can send it to me, Jonathan at Geekscape.net. Uh, we've got some awesome things coming up over the next month. We've got WonderCon. We have a booth on the floor, so if you guys are going to uh, WonderCon in Anaheim, drop by the Geekscape booth and say hi. You know, we've got shirts. We're going to have tons of guests that weekend, uh, and so it'd be awesome to see you. Also, next weekend, we're going to be going to South by Southwest, so you're going to want to be checking the Geekscape.net website because we're going to be putting up interviews and both written content and video content. I remember when we went audio, that was the criticism. I can't see you anymore. Ah, your funny expressions, I don't get them anymore. Well, you're going to get them at least at South by Southwest, but only if you check the website. So uh, if you're that creepy, weird kind of guy who, who doesn't think that me having very interesting conversations with various guests is good uh, enough and you have to see my face, then you're going to be very happy because at South by Southwest, we're going to be shooting a lot of HD stuff. This is Geekscape. We've got a great guest coming up, and here's the episode. Geekscapist, my guest this week is Scott Gimple. You guys may recognize the name, especially if you're fans of The Walking Dead, which is currently uh, airing, because Scott is a writer on staff, and he's like one of the head writers and the producer of, of it, aren't you? Well, it, it's a small yeah, staff. Yeah, what is it? It's a, it's small, a small staff, staff but uh, I, am, I am supervising producer on that program. In, in, on the credits, it just says producer Scott Gimple. What is that about? They need to give you supervisor. <laughs> well, Does they it did say this that? year. They did this year. Uh, actually, last year, which is the year that is currently playing. See, I'm living a year oh, yeah, ahead of you're, everyone. You're living in like season three yeah, right now. Yeah, but uh, in season two, I was a, a producer on the it show. It just says producer yes. in the ones that I'm watching. That's correct. The ones that I'll be watching in a year, it'll say supervising, supervising producer. producer. Yes. They pay you more? Well, I mean, uh, the whole thing with, with, you know, working on a TV show is, uh, you know, uh, you get a little more experience and they pay you a little bit more for that experience. That's good, right? Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the scary thing is, you know, there are some of us who would do it for free, so... Don't admit to that, yeah. by the way. If, if, if that's you, don't admit to that. Yeah. Um, and how did you get the, the, the gig uh, working on Walking Dead? How did that happen? Well, um, I had been... I, I worked on a lot of TV shows in, in a relatively short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had just finished a TV show. Um, and uh, they were looking for writers. Well, you were on Flash Forward. I was on Flash Forward. After that, I was on a show called Chase. Mm -hmm. And that was relatively short-lived. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got out of it a little before it ended, but uh, that was fortuitous because just at that time, uh, Walking Dead was looking for uh, a new writing staff. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I imagine I got on a list somewhere, and there was a multi-interview process. Glenn Mazzara was a big part of uh, getting me in the mix there. Glenn and I had never met, but we'd both been on the same show on different years, which was a show called Life on NBC with Damian Lewis. Mm-hmm. And uh, Glenn had read some of my stuff. And Let's I, give this guy a try. What's that? Let's give this guy a try. Let's give this guy a try. Yeah, and, and I had met with the AMC uh, executives. And, and you uh, had to want, like, so wanted to write for AMC because of the content that they put out. I, you know, but I, I, was, I was playing it cool because uh, in my own mind, mm-hmm. uh, I was trying not to get too excited because, uh, you know, I mean, I, I read the comics as well, uh, and I just, you know, I didn't want to get too excited about it. And so to do that, I was focusing on... Uh, <laughs> I was probably like, negatives. what do you do? Well, oh, I'm uh, never going to get, like, really? That's, that's Well, I mean, there was one part of it, actually, which was funny, which was um, I'd been on Flash Forward, and uh, I'd really gotten along with David Goyer. Uh, who was, that was the first time you met David? Yes. Yeah, I met that. him, same thing, just sort of, uh, I had gotten on a list, and he had read my stuff because of that. But you were a fan of his, because you knew him from oh, the comic well, book world, and you knew yeah. him from... Writing, you know, some of the DC movie. It was Blade. I had given him just tons of my money. Right, right, so right, right. I was hoping to, uh, yeah. I, even in that experience, I was trying not to get too ahead of myself. Just right. being like, oh, this would be cool if this worked out, and it did. And that show, the writers on that show, the staff, and on Flash Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't that show work? Like, why didn't that show keep going? Well, there were, I, there keep, were in mind, keep in mind, I never watched it. Yeah. So I'm part of but the I problem. Get, but I get that. But a like, lot. Do, you think, do you think people didn't watch Flash Forward because of lost exhaustion? Like, like they, they, they're going to watch like a weird, almost time leaping, what's happening, what's real, what's, mm. what's going on? Because like the event was on the, or, yeah. near the same time. Do you think people were just exhausted with that type of television show and it didn't allow Flash Forward to find the audience that it was I, supposed to, or what? I don't think so. I think that that was a show which. A little bit like Walking Dead had like a mid-season finale mm-hmm. and was going to take like this break. Right. And, uh, you know, at its mid-season finale, it had like 10 million people watching it. Which great. They, they had lost, though, about 4 million people okay. from the premiere. So that, that's a significant drop. And So, you know, I, I mean, on The Walking Dead, if you guys got 10 million people on Walking Dead, it's... We, we have got... Yeah, yeah, I mean, but you know what I mean? Like on a channel like AMC... Oh, no, they lost the season premiere, the mid-season premiere. It's That you wrote. Uh, actually, this would be Evan Riley wrote. This is okay. just the second half of. It oh, gets mid-season so premiere. Confusing. Yeah, mid-season yeah. premiere. Yeah. So you wrote season the episode two point five. Guys, we're going to talk about Walking Dead in like pretty good detail. So when you guys, um, if you guys haven't watched, if you guys aren't watching season two of The Walking Dead, uh, we're going to spoil a bit of it. Scott wrote the the mid-season finale. The for the well, the season like the you know what I mean. You it wrote like, it was like episode six, right? Episode seven. Ep- yeah. Episode seven, and it had the big. Sophia reveal. Yes, that was Scott. That was Scott's words. Well, that no, that was your craft, man. Come <laughs> those on, were my words, but those were. I know it comes out of like the writer. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't stuff. surprise everyone in the writers' you know, room with that. Scott Kirkman, who? No, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Scott did this. Scott crafted this entire. Scott actually played a zombie too. No, I'm kidding. And yeah, ran no, the cameras. I, yeah, I would, no. I, I've done none of those. <laughs> I've done none but, of those. But things. but you got the the writing credit on that episode. No, and I, I no, and I did write the script, right. but it it, it got hashed out in the writers' room. Uh, it was funny. I mean, uh, some of it got hashed out mm-hmm. in a writer's room. That episode, 
Because uh, is... of this season, and I don't mean to, to butter your bum, but the, this season, like, that's the episode of the season. Uh, you know what? I mean, that's the one people I, talk about. Like, that's the one where, like, holy shit, that's the moment. I think the Sophia after that, the maybe, people think about. maybe right after that episode, people were going, you know, were, were really cool about it. But I, I think I've been amazed. Like, people have been so psyched about the new half season. And it seems so far every episode is the episode they're talking about that airs. Well, you guys did something. And, and what you're saying is you were talking about the individual who wrote the, the the episode where they come back, where they meet the two dudes in the bar. Yeah, it's Nebraska. Okay. Nebraska. That's, uh, Evan yeah. Riley. Evan Riley. And, and what were you saying about Evan that I interrupted when I said mid-season this and the mid-season that? Hmm. I, I, I don't know what okay. I said. Uh, we, we could go back to the... We're, we're taping this. But, 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 but you guys ramped... Like, did, was, it a, was, it a, was it a conscious decision to say, okay, after the break, we're ramping the action up? Because there's been a noticeable ramp up in the action in hmm. this break. Does it make sense? Because no, no. I mean, the, there's definitely, it's definitely. I mean, Glamazera took over, in, you know, in those episodes. Oh, it, when when Frank Darabont, whatever happened with Frank Darabont? Yes. Which, what, what's the company line on that? Well, actually, you know, this going back to your first question, okay, which was, uh, you know, how did I de-psych myself about, you know, interviewing Walking Dead and getting ahead of myself? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing, and and I was. I was actually holding on to this thought was when I was on Flash Forward and I really got along with David and I was really psyched about what we were doing. It was great writing staff. David uh, got into a tangle with ABC uh-huh. and they wound up parting ways in the middle of the season. Wow. And I was, I had known with Walking Dead that there had been a little drama at the end of the first season with all the writers uh, apparently being let go. Let go and then they were going to like a BBC style almost. Something like that. One-off so, writers thing. So when I heard about that, I was like, oh boy, that sounds like a dramatic situation. And at the time, you were not writing Walking Dead. Oh, no. Well, you wouldn't have been even if you had been writing Walking Dead. I was, I was an <laughs> right. avid viewer. And, right. But I was like, wow, that sounds pretty crazy over there. Yeah. Um, so when I got the opportunity maybe to interview for it, I was like, well, after Flash Forward, I don't know if I want to go through another big drama it's like that. Tumultuous. And so it was easy to sort of, in my head, be like, you know what, God bless uh, Maybe if this wouldn't come together, that'd probably be a good thing. I want it, but I don't want. I really be, don't want. I don't drama. want to be in this drama. You're right. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking to educate myself still, and and I was looking to be on a on a production that just ran really smoothly, and and the creator and the studio are on the same page, and uh, well, I should say in this case, the showrunner and uh, and the studio were on the same page. So so. But then I met everyone. I met the everybody at AMC was great. Glenn was amazing. And Glenn Mazzaro t- was who took over as the showrunner for mm-hmm. Frank Darabont, for you guys listening. When Frank Darabont, I, I, I mean, really, it was a budget dispute. Is that what I it mean, was? Like, that, that's what we hear on, like, the internets and this and that, is that because you watch yeah. The Walking Dead, and, like, that's a show that requires a budget if you're going to keep does. the action up. If you're going to keep it up, like, the, like, that, like those first two episodes of season one, mm-hmm. if you're going to keep, uh, you know, if you're going to keep those big moments and the, the effects, and, I mean, that's a show that has to take a long time to shoot because it, whenever you do an action sequence, whenever you do stunts, whenever you do a, the, the, the effects with the, with the zombies, that's time. Yeah. You know, and... 
when your budget it's time when and your budget and cut, you only have twelve hours a day. And you guys are in a situation that's different than the Mad Men in, in Breaking Bad situations, in that AMC <laughs> is the direct production com- production yeah. company of it. So with like AMC and in Mad Men or Breaking Bad, whenever AMC is like, listen, this show's costing a little too much money, the producers have a lot of negotiation ability because they're an independent. I think AMC seems to have more control than The Walking Dead. See, I think ultimately what happened, without going into too much detail... No, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get you fired, because you know, you, you've, you've, uh, you've worked so hard to get here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, was that, you know, the two parties involved got to a point where they, you know, weren't communicating well anymore, right. and they weren't... Uh, you know, crises will always come up on a show. They will right. always come up, and those parties need to be communicating. Right. And you know, it was it and was you hit just, a point where mommy and daddy don't talk anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was just a breakup. Yeah, it was a breakup yeah. or a divorce or you know, any of those type of things. Mm-hmm. And it was a real drag um, to see how it went down and everything, and and that they couldn't put it together. Because uh, you loved working with Frank Darabont. I loved it. He was he was a great guy. He was great to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually wonderful to the to the entire writing staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a ball working with him. And and you tweeted that is, Glenn Mazzara's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Mazzara. Well, he hired Glenn as his number two. Right, right, right. And so it's uh, in good hands. And they worked very well together. Right. Um, I really am proud of those first seven episodes. And the way that Glenn and Frank worked on them, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was absolutely Frank's show, but Glenn, you know, in story breaking and in the room and everything like that, uh, I don't know, really, really helped uh, Frank get done what he wanted to get done. It was Frank approaching it from a directing standpoint. That might have been oh, a bit. Frank's a, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a huge writer. Right. I mean, he's written amazing stuff. And but was it he, an unfamiliarity with television, maybe? That, that I think it was just two parties that ultimately right. just had, you know, one too many falling outs over one right. too many things. Right. And that, you know, from my position, it was just like a... Um, I could only watch it happen. You're like, like, I really, I there really wasn't much I could do to affect it one way or the other. Because if you're writing for TV, this is the show you want to be on. This, wow, you know what? Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if it had been, yeah, it's funny. If it, like, what else you want to be on? Well, <laughs> you know, the geek, uh, the comedy geek side of me, would, there's all these, you know, if this would be the drama I'd want to be on. Yeah, but uh, if you're in a comedy, I mean, guys, I, I met Scott literally playing Left 4 Dead too. Yeah. You guys know Tim Jennings. If you guys have been listening to Geekscape, you guys know Graham Douglas, buddy I grew up with. We were literally playing Left 4 Dead 2, and then all of a sudden Graham, like a couple, maybe a year or two ago, was like, hey, uh, Scott might start write, uh, you know, writing Walking Dead. And I was like, oh, we're Facebook friends now. You know? <laughs> and, um, and, and that was cool, like getting to know you through a zombie video game. Mm-hmm. You and I, ha- we had each other's backs many times. We've, and we've seen and many I would battles. say those 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 journeys we had together helped prepare me for where I am today. <laughs> so, so in a way, uh, our experiences in Left 4 Dead, you might see you might see remnants of them in uh, in uh, Walking Dead. Were you responsible for the Portal Two joke? Uh, the uh, it, was, it was it was it was a it was a, a Portal, a, not Portal Two, Portal One. Yeah, the Portal. Portal. One. 
Uh, and yes, yes, I was. You, you know, Glenn's reference oh, yeah, to Portal. Yeah. You guys remember that from Walking Dead? We, we've got the man responsible for that. Yeah. Um, well, it, was, it was, you know, instead of like, like I was playing a game, it was nice to make it a little more specific. Right. It's like I was playing Portal. Yeah, and the geeks hop for that stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that was... I was worried it might be just simple geek bait. There was there was a story, but I there was a story purpose to it, and it doesn't you know and it doesn't have like a like a re, you know it's not sincerity. You, Does that make sense? Like no, like, but like, some people uh, I think some people did think that they, they you know, it, it was just uh, geek bait, which but you, then you guys don't know how big of a geek Scott Gimple is. Yeah, I was, was just, high school I was tough. Just, was, was high just, school tough for you? Living my life. Was high school hard for you? High school you was get, good. It was good. You didn't get knocked around. Any geek, what was the crappy, geekiest stuff that you did? I think I got knocked around a bit in 7th and 8th grade. Right. Well, the and mutant years. What's that? Those are the years when you like look weird. I was, I was you know what? I was like, much shorter. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I was possibly knocked around. No, you were low-hanging fruit. You were like... It was very low-hanging. Yeah, was, like, like, like two feet off the they're ground. They're not going to beat on the, the tall guy, the big guy. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, high, school was, high school was easier. High school was all right. Okay. Um, but you still read comics and did all that stuff, right? I did. And, yes, and even I, that didn't fill you with ridicule? Like, did, no, like I remember you know, I worked in a comic book store, and I remember the, the kids would gather to organize where, what party or whatever they're going to in the parking lot of my comic book store. Oh, brother. And I would be like, hey, guys, what's going on? They're like, nothing. And they would just drive off together. I was like, oh, so I guess that caravan is just coincidence. Everybody's oh, going in the brother. same direction. Back to comics. <laughs> all right. Hey, comics, comics have been good to you. Well, com- comics, uh, Wonder Woman never dumped me. Let's put it there. Like, yeah. like, you know, uh, Batman never beat me up. There you are. And, uh, and comics never, yeah, never, comics never mistreated me. I don't know. I it, you know, Battletoads w- did rape the shit out of me. <laughs> Battletoads, you know, I, t- I was telling, well, I'm not even going to get into it. But Battletoads Battle ruined some comic creators. I'll just say that. Battletoads ruined it? Ruins of comics creators. I got a, I had a guy on this couch who acted for me. Brandon Bales was in a, a thing I did called Singledom. And Brandon Bales claims to have beaten Battletoads. That's an amazing game. It's an, it, but you have to use the warps and stuff like that. Like You know there were warps in Battletoads? On some of the screens, when you get to the first screen, you'll see a flashing little dotted circle. And Are we talking like, like, like sort of warp. cheats? Well, it's a thing? warp. It's not a, it's not a game genie thing. It's an actual warp in the game. And it's only on screen for like five seconds, and it flashes. And if you hop through this damn circle, yeah, you go to a different. You can skip whole levels of the game. Kirkman, Kirkman has been looking for Battletoads. Like, like we've been talking about bringing Battletoads into the writers' room. It's strange that you even bring Battletoads up. Well, because we're yeah, we we've been talking Battletoads quite a bit lately. It's a fuck. I mean, that was an impossible game as a kid, but you can actually beat it. I beat it. In college, on an emulator, though, where you're just like hitting save every save reset every ten seconds, and you're like, okay, like I'm this much further on the on the on the jet skis, and then you save it, and you're like, okay, I'm this, you know what I mean? Like an emulator, you have you have to yeah. save constantly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, it's playing on the system with or, those controllers. Yeah. Uh, oh, then, the, then the, you're screwed. Then you're screwed, Scott. I'd heard this story that that Walter Simonson. Yeah had become addicted to that game. You guys know him. He's an artist for Marvel. I think he's going to be doing Adven- Avengers with Brian Michael Bendis. Writer-artist. Did yeah. this amazing run of Thor. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is not vetted. I don't know if it's completely true. But I thought I had heard that uh, basically the run came to the end, came to a, just a sudden end when he got addicted to Battletoads. 
I don't understand getting addicted to a game that is that impossible or it's not even fun to play. But I mean, the first but game. I mean, go back to that time. I know. I mean, I mean that that like was that. that was Red Dead Redemption back then. I tried playing Bayou Billy like a couple months ago, and I was like, <laughs> I don't even know how to get the fucking knife out. Like, I don't, I don't know how to fight this crocodile. Like, you there's walk a, up to a crocodile a, and you die. Well, there, That's how, that, that was my experience with Bayou Billy. There's a weird sort of abstractness now to those games, to like. Because they're they're not as they don't hold your hands like the games today. No, and they, absolutely not. You know, you play a game now and everything looks real, mm-hmm. and you play a game then, or at least you're playing a game from then, and <laughs> the you're trying to figure out like what those you <laughs> know what, what those bad thing? fifteen pixels mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I think those fifteen pixels want to kill me. Yeah. Um, or oh, they don't. Oh, my health came back. Oh, I wouldn't know. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. We had I think a lot more trial and error patience going on then. Does that make sense? It makes um, sense. You know who I ran into last weekend? Who did you win? Uh, Brian Taylor. Oh, yes. Brian, guys, you, you guys remember an episode of Geekscape way early on after Crank came out. I had Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor on to talk about Crank. And I see Brian at like Comic-Con. I see him all over the place. And, and they recently directed Ghost Rider. Which I didn't know you were a writer on Scott until I'm sitting in the theater. Yeah, I paid for the oh, Ghost wow. Rider. I'm sitting in the theater, and I'd heard all the bad reviews. Like, like mm-hmm. when that movie came out. Like even going into it, people were like, "F this movie." They don't even know how to make a film. Blah blah. Which is a criticism that they always do with, with Neville Dean and Taylor for some reason. But uh, I remember reading Neville Dean and Taylor have, like have no concept of what a film is, and I liked the first Crank. I think those dudes have been good to us, and, um, and you know, I have my criticism of Gamer and stuff like this, but uh, I went to see Ghost Rider. Who's a big fan of Gamer? What? Is Robert, Robert Kirkman. He loves Gamer. We'll talk your ear off. And I just don't on, think, I, gamer. gamer just didn't do it for me, you know what I mean? Like, there was too many storylines going along, and, only, and I didn't care about all of them. Well, it, Ludicrous. And they, yeah. Ludicrous adds to <laughs> so, any film. That's how I feel about Tyrese. <laughs> and so... And so this Ghost Rider 2, I'd heard all these bad reviews. The only good review I read was Harry Knowles, but it's Harry Knowles, and he writes good there, reviews. There were everything. some good reviews. I went to see this movie, Scott Gimple. Didn't know you were associated with it. I sit down with Ian Kerner. Not going to butter your biscuit. I thought this movie was exactly what a Ghost Rider movie should have been. Yeah. Um, like, what were fucking people expecting? Well, you know what I mean? Were they expecting Spider-Man? I like, gotta tell. I gotta tell you, it's interesting because we wrote the script. Uh, I wrote it with David Goyer and, and this guy Seth Hoffman. Seth Hoffman, who was on from Flash Fast Forward, forward and I did your he's just, Yeah, he's just I wrapping up uh, House now. Uh, we wrote it, and you know, we didn't know that Neville Dean and Taylor were going to be the directors. They were not the directors when we wrote it. Did you guys think that what's his name from the first movie was going to come back and do the second one, or what? Nicholas Cage? No, not Nicholas Cage. The the director. Um, oh no, Mark Stephen. Mark Stephen Johnson. No, I, I mean we were pretty sure he wasn't. They didn't know who the director was mm-hmm. going to be. It might have even been David. Right. But uh, I'll tell you this. I mean, we wrote a script that uh, probably was it was funny, but not. As funny as the movie oh, yeah. uh, came out to be, and I think if in fact we knew that Neville and Taylor were going to be directing it, we probably would have written it towards that even more. There were mm-hmm. some funny moments in it, and actually, you didn't, do you like the movie? I do, I do. I, you know, not, you, but it was, you it was talk a hard, like that, you're like, oh, but it's not the my ghost. No, writer. no, but it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a hard shift, you know, because they took it and made it theirs as well. They should that yeah. they're directors and yo, I like this movie and I do too. Actually, I had uh, I've seen it now three times, once yeah. without the effects. Okay, and uh, the first time I saw it, 
uh, with effects was actually with uh, the Walking Dead staff. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had Ghostwriter Day, of which I reluctantly participated. Because I'm, I'm really... You're I'm like just, modest? You're trying to be like humble? Like, oh, come on, guys. Uh, no. I, I think I was exactly like that. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. come on. And they're like, hey, let's know. go see it's, your movie, yeah, Scott. Li- but, you know, it's like, you know, it's a little... I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm not good in, uh, in the spotlight ways. kind of thing. Well, it's just everybody watching the movie because of me. I don't know. Nah, Either come way, on, man. you worked this hard. Felt a little like, pressure. You smacked around as a kid. Like, what's going on with you and your like your like yourself? If if I can thing? sort of uh, hide in the corner and not be noticed, that that is lovely. Is that why you're? Uh, do you think you'd ever be? Uh, I mean, but but you do the way that you met Tim Jennings and, and Graham Douglas is from performing on stage. Well, that came. Like, what is that all about? But that came from. Uh, if you shun the limelight. Well, I did. I did this cartoon, Fillmore. Yes, for that, Disney. For Disney. That uh, I ran and I created and I directed the voices. Mm-hmm. Now, in working with the actors, I wanted to learn how to collaborate with actors better. Mm-hmm. So I started studying like improv stuff. Okay, which, and that's how you got into iOS and met these nerds. Yeah, and ultimately, when you're, you can only study so much before you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was a great help. It was a great help in every way. I would I would tell anybody who wants to write. Any well, anything that's going to be put on film, at least you have to uh, to maybe take a Groundlings class, maybe take a UCB or or an IO class, uh, because much Peter Nasty. Because what we, I mean, what we do in in TV and film is it's constant collaboration mm-hmm. with other writers, with actors, with directors, with producers, with the entire crew, and that's about creative collaboration, and 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 then. Uh, as far as like long form improv, uh, that sort of structure, uh, I think, which is basically an Aristotelian kind of mm-hmm. structure, uh, I think it helps with script writing. Well, I, mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I would say that finale, the finale um, you wrote with Sophia, uh, has about? a similar structure to Seinfeld. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was like, ah, it was <laughs> fucking funny. Because so, these assholes have been running around yeah, like Keystone cops looking for this little girl. We're looking for the fu- funny. Uh, oh, we're, we're, oh, looking for the, No humor. Oh, you're just talking structure. Just structure. Are you I offended mean, just, that I was laughing? I think that speaks more to you. Yeah, uh, it probably does. You know, if you like seeing... Little girls. Little girls <laughs> being I was just like, you dumb motherfuckers. You know who I blamed? I blamed the old guy. You know what? I blame all of them. This is the thing, Scott. I see the first episode of season two, and they, listen, some of these characters are just dumb. Well, I, I, you I, I need elaboration here. They send the old guy to be the scout. Who probably has the worst vision? Why is the old guy the person who has to give a warning? Are you the zombies are coming. Dale. You been up on the RV? Yeah, up on the RV. It's well, the he has season. binoculars. He has binoculars. He needs binoculars to look normal, to, 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 to have normal vision. No, no. I, I think it's been... It There's a reason those zombies were on top of them by the time Dale saw them. He's old and he can't... He's, he's it was failing. established in episode two <laughs> that Dale has exceptional vision. Okay. Um, so, so, so why did I mean, he not see they, those zombies they went on and on when they were walking that. all the way down there? When you see that clear stretch of highway behind the zombies. Are you saying, wait, are in you the saying, shot, in the shot, in the shot, you see when zombies. he's looking through the binoculars. Yeah, and you see like a stretch of highway behind the zombies. Yes, he didn't spot them then. Well, they oh, they well, come up no, out of the I woods. Mean, okay, they're heard. Actually, you know what? I don't even need to say anything about this because the old in guy. an upcoming episode this season. Okay, okay. 
and there's only three episodes left this season. Yes. Um, some of that might be explicated a bit. Okay. Not not to All your right. unbelievably specific <laughs> like how like, do you like, like like internet nerd yeah. demands. <laughs> but I will say I will say you're saying that the that the um, that the herd was walking in a completely linear fashion that they were perhaps following a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eighty five, which. Um, I don't think they were. And, in, 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 and I'll get even worse. Mm-hmm. In this recent episode, I, I, you know, which I liked because that was that whole scenario with Shane and uh, and 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 and, uh, and and the main character, and they're fighting, and they don't know whether or not to kill this kid, kill not kill this yeah. kid. That was that was actually I I, I co-wrote that episode. Yeah, I, I, I like wrote the man. Stuff. I like the action sequences, the talking sequences. I'm just like, that, is that a big criticism you guys face? People saying like those portions are like boring, or they can't like. Why are we watching all this talking? Why does Chris Hardwick have a talking dead show <laughs> after where we've just watched an hour of talking? You know what? Uh, why so much talking? Why so uh, excluding the talking dead? Because I like Chris Hardwick, and I think it's uh, yeah. No, you can like it. interesting. It's, cool. it's amazing to be sitting there and actually learn things about stuff you you, you, you wrote. <laughs> like really? You're like oh, that's what people um, see in it. Because I just see Blind Dale and the fact that I don't know what T Dog does. Why, why do you keep saying Dale is blind? He's uh, <laughs> an older gentleman, but he could have great vision. Well, what uh, does T Dog do? Are you guys going to give T Dog something to do? T Dog uh, actually will have a couple of interesting moments okay. coming coming up this uh, next three, and then okay. season three. It's in the works. It really okay. is in the works. Okay. Because um, like, I've been waiting for T Dog to get his. Oh, to get his? Like, to, no, no, to not get killed, but like, what's T Dog going to do? You know what I mean? Like, it's weird, you know, I mean, it's... I'd be ticked if I was T-Dog. One thing I was thinking about with this show is it's a, it's a big ensemble show. Right. We have fewer episodes than a network show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's harder to serve all the characters because of the little real estate we have. Right. Um, I think Battlestar Galactica did it pretty well. Until they left New Caprica. <laughs> but they... Did it pretty darn well. Uh, I'm try- you know, I'm trying to think of other big ensemble shows in cable. There aren't a ton of them. Right. Because uh, you have less real estate. So it is hard. We we want to serve all the characters, but, you know, there's a main character to serve. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, you know, at the very least, we're trying to tell different stories with these characters uh, over the seasons. And T-Dog will get his. I believe T-Dog will get his. Okay, and then you were speaking to the criticism about talking on the show. Yes, like like too like too much with the with the talk talk talk, and then all of a sudden you, you, you get more talk. You can't please everybody all the time, right? Uh, you have to. I mean, I read the comic, and it wasn't like yeah, it no, was just no, about yeah. zombie killing. That's it, why you got to read it in trade because if you buy a comic book and they're all just talking like Mr. Kirkman, please. If I, if I buy and I, and I no, I, I read I read every Walking Dead, but mm-hmm. I read it in trade because if I buy a comic book and they're just walking through a field, that issue, I'd be like, wait a minute. There's been issues where they... Just talk. And then there's issues where it's just like a but, slaughter, but like escaping the, from the prison. I'd say this... Well, Yeah, it's hardcore. The, no spoilers there. Well, uh, the comic. But still, you yeah. know. I told you guys there was going to be spoilers. You should be this reading. You should be watching. Fair guys, enough. if you guys are listening to Geekscape, you probably are, you should be doing Walking Dead stuff. Yeah, I mean, as far as that last episode, mm-hmm. I think it was actually uh, a good mix of talking and action. And, yes. and I, I mean, In the I believe the talking that. had... Kind of a big dramatic point uh, about the suicide, but I, well, or between Shane and Rick, even I yeah. mean, I think, but I still can't tell you to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, peeps are going to like it. Peeps aren't going to like it. Uh, it's tough. I mean, I think because of this point in history, 
Yes. Right now. The Walking Dead is probably one of the most scrutinized shows of all time. It's not because even necessarily that it's The Walking Dead. It's just, it's a genre show. Right. Um, with a pretty uh, vocal fan base. But on top of that, it's it's a very popular genre show. Mm. And right now on the internet, there is a huge industry. Yeah, nobody's with, writing uh, about Hot in Cleveland on the internet. Well, maybe well, they are. Well, we, don't, I think, we don't go to those I mean, boards. A genre show has people that generally know how to use computers who are watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every newspaper, right. the morning after one of these episodes, has a recap. Right. A recap just tells you what happened. Mm-hmm. But it also has the comments section. I think that's where people go to town. They go to town to express themselves. Right. The papers have them because you, you know, they can sell advertising to the people who go there. Or, or for the people who go there. And uh, it's just a weird thing right now where, you know, the morning after A Walking Dead, there's just, you know, 400 news articles. How much of that it. stuff do you guys read? Because we got kids on Geekscape who love it. Yeah. And then we got people who are like, it's too, it takes too long for anything to happen in that show. Yeah, and, you know. And, and how, but how much do you but read? But here's the thing. Do you read that so stuff? To, to, to you people, can't read that stuff. If you read that stuff, Scott, you're, it'll drive you nuts. And you work so hard. I try, I try not to read too much of that stuff. I try not to ignore it either. Right. I mean, the, you shouldn't the even thing is, is you're, you're not going to please any, right. or you're not going to please everyone. And on top of that, the way people react is the way people react. They're right. wrong to dislike something for the reasons they dislike Some it. Some of them are, like, like people who liked the ending of Lost. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, the only thing that might be wrong is the people who like totally hate it, and they make it. uh, I don't know. They make it their hobby to watch it, hate it, issue their hate in the morning after every episode. I mean, that's sort of like a weird hobby. A couple episodes ago, we had the lead singer of the uh, the Aquabats, and he was talking about this new show that they have on the Hub, which all you guys should be watching. Oh, the Aquabats have a show. Yeah, they have a show on the hub. Like it's zany, yeah. it's crazy, uh, and it's a it's a fun show. And we we're talking to them, and we we're we we're talking about ass, like shit talking on the internet mm-hmm. and that whole thing. And we're not talking about like criticism because I think you would read criticism, you would understand where that person comes from. What you're talking about, or at least what I think you were talking about, is just like ununderstanding, like hate. You know what I mean? Like I understand from a budgetary like situation and the fact that it's television. Like you want those conversations in there. They help your budget. They help your pace. Well, they help. I, I mean, mean they, they help a ton of things. Every show needs <laughs> needs to have character and emotion. Right. They, they have character and emotion as the center of, of, of what that show is. Right. And so it's but 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 when you start talking like the trash online, the show wins because wow. you have because it's taking time and chunks out of your life that yeah. that you claim to hate. Well, and it's, it's, like I, the prequels. I mean, the prequels are done, and that's it. And I'll just put them where they are, and that's it. <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't need to voraciously be one of those people who are like, no, it's, I have to kill weird. Lucas. I mean, it's weird. I mean, people are passionate about it, and it's it's not a small part of their lives. I mean, the stuff is that, pathetic? that I love. Call them pathetic. Not at all. You don't think no, they're No, I will not, because I'm in, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> There's stuff that I, I... It's funny. You just brought up, like, the prequels, and yeah. I was an unbelievable hater about them. Yeah. And, and deep down, we still are. I probably right. am, but right. but the thing is, is it's because... The Star Wars films meant so much to me. I mean, the right. Star, I'm, I'm doing this probably in part because I saw those movies at, at the right time. They're, I don't know. There's something that actually Darabont said that like there's a certain age that when you see that movie at that age, 
that is the type of movie you will like forever. But then you made fun of The Mist. I did make fun <laughs> of The Mist. Did you make fun of The Mist in front of Frank Darabont? And, and in fact, and I he's like, oh, watch it in black and, and white. In fact, like, there was an episode that sort of morphed into season, into episode uh, three. Of season two or season? Season two. Okay. Um, that started with like a pitch of kind of like the people in the mist, in the mist, mm-hmm. at the end of the mist. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil the mist. Yeah, guys, and honestly, like, like, don't, I, I won't spoil the mist for you guys. But I will say, at the end of that movie, few people wind up trapped in a car. Yeah. Let's just say that. Got it. So it was kind of like starting with those characters mm-hmm. in that same situation, but a situation derived from the zombie apocalypse and Shane sort of coming across them. Um, I like that. Was that the season you guys ended up ending, uh, starting on the freeway? And you see the, the, the jets attack Atlanta and this and that? Uh, no, that was, what was that? Was that episode six, I believe? Because I like the Because the one thing you do, guys don't get do in the comics, what they don't do is they don't do flashbacks. You guys do a couple flashbacks. And I like the flashbacks. It's weird. You know, I'm a big flashback fan. I'm a huge Lost fan. That's because of why Flash I didn't Ford? comment on your, your mention of the ending of Lost. Well, the thing is, they, they claim to have resolved Lost emotionally for the characters, but I think physically it still needs some kind of a resolution. Yeah. Well, and, and that was the part that I felt cheated. And, and when you can't say, oh, but we resolved it. We only resolved it emotionally. When it's, and you can't claim to not resolve it physically and, 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 and plot-wise if you guys have cliffhangers on every show. That is a show it's, that works yeah. on its physical plot mechanics on top of the emotional. And only satisfying one to me was... I will, I will give you that, sir. Oh, you're still making that noise. Yeah, I'm so mad. Yeah. And, and, and you, and you, I gave you six years. People cannot your face right now. I gave now. you six years. I think there were still six years well spent. Um, <laughs> it was a good show. A lot of people have issue with that last year. I you know. I don't have an issue with last year. I have an issue with the last episode. Oh, really? The first, the last, the last. I don't care that they were introducing new characters and new pieces of the island. I don't care about that stuff. I care that it didn't get tied up. All they had to say was. Yes, it's a time-jumping island. <laughs> They're like, no, it's this and that. No, no. Guys, it's a time-jumping island. It's cool. It's okay. It, it doesn't have to be a Skittles rainbow at the center of the damn thing. And it has to be like... To bring it to a close, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the characters get together and go, yo, okay, I think we figured this out. <laughs> it's a time-jumping island. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Jonathan, it's a time-jumping island. You get it? Yeah. Good. It was, it was a gigantic swing those last, <laughs> that last season. And... Uh, you know what? God bless. I, I, I really you were enjoyed like, the hell out of that yeah. show. Uh, the last season, maybe not as much, mm-hmm. but I look forward to watching it again and maybe discovering, hopefully, that I do. So have you ever had kids come up to you and, uh, for Walking Dead mm-hmm. and be like, what the hell? What the hell this? What the hell? Why haven't you killed yeah. Shane yet? And da, 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 da. No, you know what? I mean, there's, they can go... Father like Glenn and Let's Robert on Twitter. What about I'm, that? Let's get to the prison. Let's get to the prison. Sure, but the, the, you know, because Glenn has Glenn has a very active Twitter life. Yeah, and, Glenn Mazar, the, the showrunner, yes. and Robert does too. And uh, uh, you know, this is Glenn's show, so uh, I hey, I, I refer them to Glenn. Right. Uh, but uh, I myself am enjoying it quite a bit, and I, you know, uh, I'm proud of what we're doing. Yeah, the, 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 the whole prison, I don't even, you know what, I'll tell you guys this, I don't think they're going to no prison. What, pri- what would the service, what would, what would 
The I prison. Will say this. What would the prison do that that Herschel's farm's not already doing? Interesting. I mean, that's. I mean, like, what what is the, what would the prison possibly give the show that's not already being serviced by Herschel's farm? Actually, I think it would give it a lot because of, I mean, just reading the comic and right. all the things that happened. In but the they prison. were in Herschel Farm for like three issues. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the things on the show that we try to do is, I mean, when the barn opens up in the comic, it's you know an emotional moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but we wanted to figure out a way to make that even more emotional and have it tie into sort of the theme that we were exploring right. and. And uh, the multi-episode arc that you guys were yeah, on. and yeah. and the you know the character conflict over I don't know how to be a human being in this world, which Shane had an opinion on how to do it, mm-hmm. and Rick had an opinion on how to do it, and in some ways uh, those last few moments of the season they don't quite settle the argument, but uh, I, I think for me it was a satisfying end to the argument for. For that story, yeah, I mean, that we were trying to tell yeah. a whole story right. about a certain theme, and you know, I I, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm proud of that season. I, people are going to have an opinion about it, and you know, I think I wouldn't want to listen too much to the people who loved it too much, right. or the people who hated it too much. I, I don't want to. You have to avoid that stuff, or else it'll really mess you up. Yeah, I, I, we, I mean, I, you do it, you write that stuff to, to basically um, entertain yourself, see the show that you would want to watch. Right. And this, this is actually the weirdest thing about this show, is this is a show more than I think any other show I've worked on, because I've worked also on mostly shows that mm-hmm. were brand new, mm-hmm. except for life. Yeah. Um, this was a show that I watched, you know, the first season mm-hmm. of. In watching that first season, did you have things like, oh, I would do this. I would do that. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't I mean, introduce Cholos. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. But it was like a big, but Sunday nights were uh, Walking Dead, Luther, and Boardwalk Empire. Luther's phenomenal. And, I love it. And it was such a great night of television. And my wife and I, you know, like, I don't think we've had like a three-hour run of TV on a weekly basis. Right. For a while before that and now since then. And, uh. So it was, it was incredibly cool to go in there. And do you keep secrets from your wife uh, on the, about the show? Like, if she's a fan of yeah, it? You're, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. like, oh, what happens? Like, I heard you cast the governor. What's he going to do? And you're like, I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little... Because you guys are writing lately. season three, and, and she's got to be asking questions. Does it cause riffs? Because you love being married. I don't, I don't know if it causes riffs. She's like, you tell me or I'm She's done. from South Jersey, so she has certain, <laughs> certain toughness, but... Uh, no, I, 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 I try to tell her as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, I come as up with a reaction. As a fan, you reaction to, you know, what, what, what happens. Like, I didn't tell her about episode seven. Right. So that was... Oh, that's mean. That was... Yeah. So, but it was really cool to sort of just, like, in a non-obvious way, just sort of look over and see, watch her watch what right. went down. And, uh, yeah, that's thrilling. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm proud of what we did. Uh, you know, there were criticisms about, you know, why are they still on the farm? Or yeah. we've done this in two episodes. And I think we wanted to see something different. We wanted to try something different. And, uh, I do dig how it turned out. I, I'm hypercritical about, like, everything that. Everything. 
everything I Don't do, even quantify including it. this. Everything. I'd love to just do this whole thing over again. It's That's the fine. first podcast I've ever done. <laughs> is it really? It is. And I I, I, I feel... I'm sorry uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, you should have um, done Chris Hardwick's instead. Oh, please. Please. It had to be here. Uh, I did this my this first... is Kevin Smith's first podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, our first was Geek Drum. Ne- was this really Yeah, cool? and he said that uh, Geek Drum was the reason he wanted to go into podcasting. Okay, he was like, oh, I can do this. And I, he tweeted that like a year ago, and I was like, really? Are you serious? Yeah. That's like all yeah. he's into. Now. That's now what he does. That's incredible. It was crazy. It was crazy reading that on Twitter. I was like, okay, oh. this is nuts. Oh my God. Yeah, that's how I met Tyson. Like Tyson from Toronto. Ty- our buddy Tyson's here from Toronto, and I met Tyson because we were doing our old show Geek Drum, and Tyson had emailed us because he literally listened to the show while doing chemo. Oh my this kid, God. this kid who's like not older than anything, had chemo. But wait, wait, how old were you when you got chemo? Eighteen. He was eighteen when he got oh chemo God. and listened to the podcast. Which you found out about because Kevin Smith was on the podcast. And because Canada is healthcare. And because Canada had health care, you are now here and alive with us. Mm-hmm. And go, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's nuts. That so is you're nuts. on a good. You're on a no, good yeah, show. This is a good. Yeah. So uh, what you're, you're on a good is, gig. Now you're going to stop. Up, now you're going to stop writing. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to just be doing podcasts. Yeah. Why well, write when I can just talk to people? Yeah. I'll tell my theater. stories vocally. Yeah. Have you gone to any of his uh, live podcasts? Yeah, I went to one. It was all right. It's but just kind of weird. Ones at Universal? No, I haven't done it since they moved to uh, John Lovitz. Yeah, like whole thing. Yeah, I, I, it just seems like a. But it's like well, you know, smartcast. He, he talks and, this, and it's the talking. Like I don't even listen to my show. I yeah. listen to my show to make sure the levels are right. That's what I do. Like that's it. And, well, and what I was saying. That's it. Yeah. Hypercritical and yes, I can pick out like a right. million things every episode that drive me crazy. Um, so when I say you know. Um, Proud of it. I am proud of it. I'm not going to share all my insane nitpicks, which could even have to do with, like, you know, the way the sun hit that prop in that one shot. <laughs> have those made you better, or have they made you, or have they caused a detriment to your process? Are there parts that where you're, like, crippled by it? No, you, you, you can't. You, you have to let it go. If you, if you do that, you you're unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. Um, but have they made you better? I think, I think, attention to tip. Attention to detail, yeah. Yeah. It's just funny that I couldn't get that out of my mouth. No, it's cool. I was talking about like perfectionism. That's why you're not going to have a podcast. Detail That's right. why you're going to continue to be a writer uh, and you don't need to do the podcasting thing. I think, I think caring everything. and like, like really giving a damn and having it matter a great deal to you yeah. um, uh, is, is the key to doing good work. The, doing yeah. Good work. Yeah. Uh, we, when I'm, when I'm on set, uh, it it can be tricky because you know the writer's role. You are not in charge there, uh, writer producer. Uh, you're not in charge in the least. You're there to pretty much serve the production and, and through that serve the director. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not like talking to actors directly. Right. Um, not unless the director wants you to. You're talking to the director most of the time, and you have to let them have their process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can be, you know, um, being kind of nutty, uh, it can drive me uh, crazy. I, I will say that one of the directors on set, uh, pardon me, one of the producers on set, Denise Huth, you know, it's like that name you see at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, uh, she's a co-executive producer this year, and she, uh, you know, she's on set, and she, you know, facilitates, she facilitated all of Frank's stuff, and now she facilitates all of Glenn's stuff. 
and she's there to, you know, just make sure things are working well and they're executing the script and she handles the creative, she handles the administrative. Administrative yeah, so probably is well. not producerial is the right. word I'm looking for. Right. But um, I was sitting with her at Video Village and uh, we had gotten like these I don't know, vanilla Oreos and uh, I got one where like, you know, they have the top of the Oreo and it's pressed and it says Oreo on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was flipped over. It was pressed into the cookie the wrong way, oh, no. and and it just it. I'm a You're like as good as it gets, or some shit. Oh, like that. it was driving me crazy, and like for the rest of the time when we were working on you it, you didn't need it, so you didn't need it. Oh hell no! <laughs> uh, we worked on uh, episode seven, and I just remember like you know maybe maybe. And episode seven is your episode. Yeah. Oh no! And Michelle Claire directed it. Who was an amazing director. Yeah. And, but, you know, if, you know, zombie fell out of frame the wrong way, or, or I knew that there was some aspects of things we were doing that were going to impact the next episode, um, she'd see me getting, like, like, itchy about it, and she's like, you're not going to flip the cookie on this one. Oh, so that's the not, term now, flipping the cookie. Like you were not flipping the cookie on this, and, and she was right. Uh, sometimes you just really have to is. roll, you know what I mean? Like, like Robert Rodriguez said, like, a dude kicking in a door is just a dude kicking in a door. Like, how many takes of that do you need? You know what I mean? If it's a shot of a dude kicking in the door. But you still, I don't know. Because, you're going to flip the cookie it's on the door kick. You want it to be the most awesome door kick you can get. Right, do. right, right. Um, that said, you have 12 hours in a day. That's right. And, and you know, some shows can luxuriously go over. But even if you do go over 12 hours, you're killing your crew, you're killing yes. the cast, you're killing, killing the your long director. Run, yeah. What's that? You're, you're killing the long run of it. You yeah, know, yeah. You're killing, no, you're killing the product. It's, it's, there's a it reason that marathon. Called, yeah, there's a reason that stuff exists. It is absolutely a marathon. So, um, yeah. I mean, you, you, you simply can't flip the cookie on everything. And really the key is, is figuring out... Because you can't give up either. You yeah, just be no, like, you got to oh, find the right cool. fights. Yeah, and it's finding, uh, it's, it's finding the, the sweet spot. And in being a writer-producer on set... What's cool is that that's a discipline you have to uh, you have to develop because you cannot be going to the director after every take, especially with stuff that is like really specific mm-hmm. and little. And they may you be gotta know, edit, yeah. you got to know what's important, what's not important, and sometimes it is. But the crazy thing is, is sometimes it is the little things. It is stuff that seems really minor, and then there is a cumulative effect of things that. Um, you can't tolerate being off. Right. So, you know, it, it's an interesting position. Yeah, I've learned a lot, probably from life on, uh, uh-huh. the show Life. Yeah. Uh, that was the first show I was really on set, um, you know, where that middle is. And uh, I will say I do have to battle myself a little right. bit. No, the cookie's fine, please. Because the cookie is going to taste the exact same. You knew that cookie was going to taste the exact same if you'd eaten it. You know that, right? It just would have been wrong. Oh, no, it would have tasted the same. Like, you know it would have tasted the same. But who knows? But, like, you wanted, who, who you wanted to feel the, the ridges oh, of the Oreo press, like, on the top of your seem... feet, te- mouth. Plus, it was one of those blonde Oreos they have coming out, you know? I, will, like, I just won't eat that stuff, because it's not, like, a real so Oreo to me. I'll, read a, I'll eat a double stuff, but the second it changes color, it just makes it look more like a Twinkie, and I'm like, that should, I don't want that yeah, in my body. It had a Twinkie-ish sort of vibe. I will say this, this last episode... Um, 18 miles out, um, when we were shooting all that fight stuff and all the action stuff, 
Yeah. There's even an additional thing to that cookie flipping, which is it rained. It started raining right in the middle of this. It's and horrible you can, rain. You can only tell in a few pieces. Yeah, Mainly the and, sky. And, yeah, like the ground. Yeah, the ground. It's a little yeah. wet. And um, there's no getting around that. No. And so we lost probably you know, almost a day. Holy so, crap. That is expensive. Well, it wasn't because but you know we what I mean? figured like, out a way to make it up. Right. But that's when, okay, you can't even, you know. There's now no cookie the production has well. to propel forward no matter what. Yeah. So you have to, if you are worried about something, maybe you would have waited to see if how it would turn out. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you don't. You you go ahead and you. No cookie you know, flipping say, for a 24-hour period. Yeah, or, or you just refuse to flip the cookie, which is just a reality of TV production. TV right. is, is like baseball and movies are like football. Movies are like once a week. You know, okay. Football's once a week. It's one big game where everything goes down. Baseball, it's like you pay, play several games a week. Right. And you have to keep your endurance. And uh, I probably shouldn't have gotten too into a sports metaphor. No, 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 but it makes sense. It, it, yeah, I know, I know. The Geekscape thing, they, they get lost sometimes. I like to use basketball sometimes, and they're like, shut up. Just do a basketball podcast. So I was like, I would if the audience would be there, but they probably want to hear somebody who played. Um, <laughs> now, now, what were you working on with David Goyer when I contacted you? You said you were working on something with David Goyer. Throw that a plug. Oh, that was uh, Da Vinci's Demons. What is that? Because it's a down uh, Da Vinci's Demons is uh, about young Da Vinci. Who's going to put it out? Like, where can we watch this? Stars and BBC. Okay. No, BBC. You'll see it on Stars. Okay. And the world will, I guess, see it on BBC. Oh, that's cool. It's very they make cool. a great product, and uh, and it's like Batman. What is this Da Vinci it's thing? More like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. There's there is this sort of genre mythology, science fictiony kind of undercurrent to it. But you know uh, what I mean? Like like when you think of Da Vinci, you think of him like drawing like, like making like Batman, like, like, making, oh, like, no. like inventions like Batman would make. Oh no, and there are inventions. That's cool. This is where those inventions came from, and it's, it's there's a ton of action in it. It's really, really funny. And he, like, solves mysteries and does, well, like, this it's, whole it's thing. It's a serialized right? show. How many episodes? Because BBC usually does... Eight episodes. Eight, eight episodes. So it's not yeah. a traditional, like, 13-episode structure. Like, now you get seven, and then you get 13, and you get 24, 26. Well, it's cable, and right. then it's BBC. So, that's cool. So, you know, it'll be eight, and who knows, maybe. And sometimes that's better. Sometimes it's like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's like, this is how long the story requires. It's, well, it's weird. It's, it's weird. On Walking Dead, I... I don't know because it's an ensemble. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only one of the only ensembles on cable right now. It might be the only ensemble right. on cable. Battlestar Galactica did it. Right. Um, oh wait, there's True Blood. Mm-hmm. Okay, they do it. But, but you, um, what are you going to say? What do you think about the ensembles? It's just tough to do that in thirteen episodes, especially if you're broken into right. seven and six, because we you know we have a ton of characters and you have to ignore some of them. Like, like, I get mad some, when I don't see some, T-Dog. Yeah, My favorite. Some are less served, and T-Dog will be served. Right, right. But you will walk up to T-Dog, and you will say, you got served. <laughs> you got the, um, you got your episodes, we would. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, some characters get, uh, you know, less story. Because right. we only have seven, and then we have a break, and then we have six. And we want to tell that Rick story. Uh, we want to tell that Shane story. We want to tell... Um, you know, the, the main sort of, kind of the linchpin to holding it all together. But uh, next year we have, in season three, we'll have eight and eight. So oh, a little cool. more room. Yeah. 
we also have some more characters coming in. So uh, yeah, the whole governor casting yes. was kind of cool. I think the, the fans liked the fact that the governor character is going to be appearing. Yeah, we met him like a year and a half, not a year and a half, but a week and a half ago. Right. And he's cool. He's very cool. He's very good. And actor. people were like, "No, why didn't you cast John Hawks? Why didn't you cast mm-hmm. Tom Savini?" Da 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 da. Like, you guys uh, haven't done a bad job of casting yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm totally. I mean, that's Glenn, and that's Robert, that's Gail. Um, they, you know, they do a good job. Um, and the actor who plays uh, um, Shane, John, uh, Bernthal. John Bernthal. Yes. Uh, I think he would make a good Popeye. <laughs> like sort of a, a gritty... When he squints uh, and he's angry, like there was one shot like two episodes ago where he's going like the car and he's mad, like he squinted and he's, one of his eyes, whenever he gets mad at them, like one eye gets big, the other gets small, I'm like, that's Popeye style. Like he, he could play a good Popeye. Popeye. Is he a funny guy? Could he do a Popeye? You know, he's done a lot of comedy, actually. Yeah, he does he like theater like, and stuff. But I mean, even like before Walking Dead, he did like How I Met Your Mother... Oh, dude, we gotta get and, him to do Popeye. I mean, I, I or what about what about just a real take of Popeye? Oh shit! Just this. I fucking, mean, I, I see no this Popeye dude's just within violent. him. He's just a violent sailor. I see no Popeye. Like I, I never Michael Bay's Popeye. That, Michael Bay's Popeye. But he is a funny guy in his game, so that's cool. Who knows? I, I mean, I, I. You'll be looking out for the Popeye now. I think I. Do I don't want it to affect your writing. Drinks probably float that. I don't want it to affect your writing, where you're like, you know what? I have to write away from this Popeye. Okay, stop. (laughs) Give you a complex. And and David Goyer is a cool guy. He's an incredibly cool guy. He's a and you can mess with funny guy. uh, Yes, because you can mess with him about Blade Three. Why'd you cast a wrestler? Why'd you cast a wrestler? Yeah, I I wouldn't only not because uh, of offending him, right? uh, But more that. he he screws with me much harder than <laughs> I'm definitely like a little brother sort right. of relationship to yeah. him. And he can always say, he well, at least I did Blade three. But yeah. like, he's much good, much better at like, um, at, at, at I guess what the kids call snaps. Right. Um, oh, so you don't even want to front, like you don't want to mess with him because you know he's going to backwards. There's no point. And it's hard, a little hard to, and, and I'm, it's and hard I'm to make fun of a guy. Yeah, it's hard to make fun of a guy for Blade 3 when the dude then went on it was like, oh yeah, well, what about Batman Begins? Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, this this new Batman movie that's coming Blade, out. It's Blade Superman. Blade 3 has its charm. Right. Um, Ryan Reynolds. There is much that is badass in that movie. And it's a good looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there were other things that he was trying to keep under his control. Like, right. Like, well... Uh, you don't want them all. Right. Uh, so, you know... Uh, He's six billion dollars of box office. So, <laughs> yeah, when, when you've like, written six you know, billion dollars of box office, I think that a, that ends the conversation. Well, he's a great guy that <laughs> has helped me out immeasurably. That's cool. Um, and he actually doesn't tease me that bad. And, and to tell you the truth, um, the wonderful thing about him from from the get go was he's a guy who's very secure, uh-huh. and so. I don't know. You can push back on on stuff. It isn't just like yes, 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 yes. You're so brilliant. It's like, well, what about this? What about that? He takes your suggestions in life. He does, or he gives them a fair day in court, right? Or um, or he even will goof on them, but he but with the idea yeah. of let's talk about this yeah. and defend this. And um, that's you great. Know, I do feel like uh, I I don't know. I just really enjoy writing with him because. 
I, I definitely feel like an equal when I write with him. And uh, we've written a bunch of things now. We've written now. Uh, we wrote, it wasn't, it's what they call a backup script. Mm-hmm. When it's like the next script after a pilot before the show is greenlit. So we wrote the backup script to Da Vinci together. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, it's just a ball. We see story the same way. And actually, that's great. Cause the truth is we, and you met him on Flash Forward. Yeah. yeah, and there is actually some stuff we don't see the same way. And he'll even goof on me about it a little bit, but then I see him taking it seriously, and mm-hmm. I see him um, helping me integrate it into the story. And I don't know. It, it, uh, running Ghost Rider with him was great. Running Da Vinci with him was great. I love working with him on Flash Forward. We worked on a few things that he just haven't even gone. Right. But that um, happens. What's that? And that happens. What's funny, we worked on like a couple movie things. Have you watched the new Batman? <laughs> Did he let you watch the new Batman yet? Oh, no. Okay. No. Would I you have offered? It's weird. Would you you know, I don't offered? ask him about any of that stuff. Okay. It, like, what I'm not like, into spoilers. You like, I'm, I'm much more about... Sitting and then the there's movie. like movies I haven't seen. Right. Actually, I got spoiled on, uh, on uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, that sucks. And it drove me to just, like, just stop. Like I, I, you can't get past it. Yeah, I have like five more episodes to watch, and I, I, I don't find myself watching. What's the point? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, no, I, I just want to watch. Like, why would I ask Dave? Like, right, tell me some cool stuff that you scripted. Right, that Christopher Nolan shot. <laughs> no, you want to, you want to experience it as uh, a tender, rather, like in the theater. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that. Like in the theater, watching it. And the way it was supposed yeah. to be presented. I mean, how many... There aren't those... I don't know. There aren't those amazing experiences as far as, like, seeing movies. Or, like, I saw the new Avengers trailer this yeah. week. Yeah. And I realized, like, oh, my God, like, this is one... Like, initially, I'm like, of course, I'm just going to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't even really need to pay attention to it. I know I'm going to be there, like, mm-hmm. the opening weekend. I just watched the new trailer, and now it's like, oh, my God, this is one of those movies that I can't wait for, that I'm going to be, like, you know, thinking about... Uh, the week before, like looking forward to, like, like, or or even I remember as a little kid, it was always this, like, yeah, well, as we said, I'm a dour, uptight fellow, I'm Eeyore, and, and, and Eeyore, uh, and I'd be like, man, I know I'm looking forward to something right now. What am I looking forward to? Why why am I happy right now? <laughs> oh crap, Avengers is coming in out like on two Friday. months. Yeah, yeah isn't that nuts. Well, I'm not happy about it now, but that week, <laughs> right, I will be psyched. I am. Um, and, and, you know, Walking Dead was that way when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, was I, I don't remember if we talked about this or we didn't talk yeah. about this, but uh, Sunday nights, I guess now two years ago, I don't know, a year and a half ago. It's like a three-hour block. Uh, was Luther, Walking Dead, Boardwalk Empire. And I remember during Sunday, I'd be like, what am I, what am I, what am I, I know I'm doing something cool tonight. What is it? And I was like, oh, damn. I'm watching those movies. With, I'm watching those uh, yeah. shows with my wife. Or possibly eating Indian food while we're doing. <laughs> this is going to be great. Like, I mean, to me, that's that's what writing movies or television or comics are all about is is providing that stuff so that if people during the day are like, yeah, "What am I looking forward to at the end of the day?" It's like, "Oh, that that thing, mm-hmm. that movie, that that TV show, that that comic, that book, whatever." I mean, I, I'd love to be to provide stuff for people that helps them get to the end of the day excited. Right. 
Yeah, for um, that hour, they're not thinking about their laundry, their bills, their job, yeah. this and that. Yeah, and, and, and that's I've the most been important there throughout my life. The and, most and, important thing yeah. that a director or writer should think about is, is what do I, you know what I mean? Like, when I'm talking to students and they're talking about plotting out their, they don't want to do shorts, they want to do their big movies, right? Like, yeah. like when they get impatient, I say, okay, go up in front of the class and juggle. Take the, mm. take, take, take the, Take the eraser, a pen, and a, and a stapler and juggle and see how long you can juggle. And they're like, well, I can't juggle that long. I was like, okay, right now you can't juggle that long. And if you were to juggle for a minute, what are you going to do in minute two? What are you going to do in minute three? Because the second you start repeating the thing or you start getting a little boring, they're going to start thinking about their laundry. They're going to start thinking about anything mm-hmm. but the entertainment you're providing for them. So learn to juggle a minute and then learn to juggle two, then learn to juggle five, then learn to juggle ten. You know what I mean? And... That is our job as storytellers, is to make sure these people, you know, they're yeah, captive, you know, it doesn't matter, I mean, I love the Lord of the Rings extended editions, it doesn't matter that they're four hours, they're four hours that I'm not, like, in, like totally wrapped up in them, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and that's I mean, incredible storytelling. Places, and I mean, even the haters, Yeah. Uh, to which that they, in their reviews or... Or uh, or comments to see the intensity to which they watch the show. Try to be flattering. And they still probably yeah. weren't thinking about their laundry, which is right. kind of cool. I, I would prefer that they dig it. <laughs> um, I prefer that you know I help provide something that they love. But God, even if I'm helping occupy, as long as our motives were to do something great, as long as we weren't cynical or lazy, as long as we worked hard and we did stuff with the idea that we were providing the best thing possible or the coolest story possible. And the people engage, whether they dig or they don't dig it, as long as it engages them, I, I feel pretty good about it. All right, so Scott, yes. two things. Uh, what advice would you give people who want to become writers yes. who may be listening? And did you always want to be a television writer? Because I know you, you, you've you written comics. Like, you, What was your comic book? Like, I know you wrote some Simpsons uh, I wrote comics. For, I wrote and worked for Simpsons comics. Right. And, and then I wrote a couple books for them. I wrote the Simpsons Guide to Springfield. That's cool. Big travel Guide to Springfield. That's cool. Uh, edited two of the episode guides. Uh-huh. Um, and then I did Heroes Anonymous. What was that? Superhero Support Group. Uh-huh. Not Wacky Town. It was funny, but sort of straight face funny. Um, an anthology that was also sort of serialized. And that was your entry into, like, entertainment writing? Did you do that before television um, or, like, during or? During that time, um, during that time I got my first gig uh, writing uh, cartoons for Disney, actually. Uh, development executive there was roommates with uh, a young woman I went to school with. actually went to school with uh, the development executive, too. We had a writer's group, and my, I had a screenplay I'd written that was lying around. And uh, she brought it into work and had this guy read it who was staffing. The guy read the whole thing, which... That's awesome. Yeah, and it was a pretty crazy screenplay. Um, and he was like, hey, this guy needs to be writing my cartoons. And I so, guess he was. And then, and then you started doing these Bongo comics with the Simpsons stuff. Well, I was doing Bongo before that, uh, okay. and then I went to Disney, and uh, I... Uh, I was on a show called Pepper Ann. Huh. I actually initially came in there um, doing punch-ups, where you come in at the end of the script, yeah. and you're just pitching jokes. That's cool. Which I love. That was some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, and then I worked for Pepper Ann, and then uh, I created my own show called Fillmore. Yeah. 
which is available on the YouTubes. All 26 episodes? Yes. With yes. Frank Gale? Yeah. I was looking at it. I was like, I, I do not remember the show, but it's got a great cast. Yeah, it was a crazy cast. And you directed some of the episodes? Some of the I voice directed all the episodes. What's that episodes? like? Um, you don't sound properly. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what that it, was, is. it was that much harder because like, the show was also like straight face comedy where it was like uh-huh. a drama. Uh-huh. And it was about, uh, the series was about, it was, initially it was a joke in my head with myself. Uh, like, wouldn't it be cool to see a show called like Little Shaft? Um, <laughs> I'm already laughing. And, uh, but then I was like, that's, that's maybe I can take that in another direction. Right. And I was working on another cartoon and there were these characters on the side. Uh, was it just comment or what? They were just, they, it was, it was a set in a school and it was actually focusing on geeks. Mm-hmm. But um, there were these characters that were the safety patrol, and they were like, it was like, to them, it was like a 70s cop show. And the main character, and, and it just turned into this show, Fillmore, was Cornelius Fillmore, who uh, was a former juvenile delinquent who was pulled into the safety patrol to help crack a case. Mm-hmm. And then he became like the greatest safety patroller. And they were like... Uh, you know, busting, like, uh, cheat sheet cartels uh-huh. and counterfeit baseball card manufacturers <laughs> and uh, retainer nappers. Did you ever play Willie Beamish as a kid? Willie Beamish? No. Willie Beamish was, like, one of those Sierra Adventure games. But it was oh. set in, like... Sierra Online. Yeah, but it was, like, set in that world of, of pre-adolescent, you well, know, thank, school mysteries. you got to look back at that. But, uh... That sounds awesome. Yeah, but it was really hardcore as far as, like, everybody had to act like it was law and order. That's funny. Um, but it was always over these crazy things. And uh, and even within the school, like, people weren't laughing at them. Like, everybody, it was like a little city. The school, the school right. was endless. It had every club imaginable. There was, like, the, the curling team and, uh, God, I, I, remember, I remember there was a banner hanging in the hallway just like that said, yay for Banner Club. <laughs> um, like just, but it was endless, and and so I don't know. In taking it really seriously, it took a lot of direction to be like, oh yeah, don't go too big. Yeah, yeah. Which um, may have been their first, you know, idea. Oh yeah, especially when you're in a booth. You know what I mean? You're in a booth, and there's, and, and and about there's these amazing voice actors who are doing like Powerpuff Girls yeah. and Dexter's Lab, and, and then it's like, no, don't put anything on it. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, I did, uh, and then that was so good that I didn't want to work in animation again because I kind of didn't think it was going to get better than that. And that was when I started working towards being live action. That's which, a very Eeyore attitude to have. <laughs> What's very... the, the Eeyore attitude is really <laughs> what has gotten me here today. And so, um, so the, when you were a kid, you were like, I'm going to rock TV. Um, it didn't, didn't sound like, you didn't sound like, 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 that was probably Towley. Yeah, that was Towley. Yeah, that was yeah. probably Towley. Um, um, when I was a little kid, from a very young age, I had a very specific plan. And, uh, <laughs> First, I'm going to rob a bank. Then I'm going to become a fireman. It was about, no, it was a little more specific than that. <laughs> uh, it was, I wanted to get a job as an assistant editor at DC Comics. Whoa. And, 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 and I lived in New Jersey at the time, right outside New York City. Oh, so, so there. Um, I wanted to be an assistant editor, work my way up to being an editor, work my way up from there to be writing books, uh, then just exclusively writing books. Then I was hoping I could sag into television writing and then hopefully sag into movie writing. And what's funny is 
though I have wrote, written some comic books, writing for television and film and getting into that has been uh, infinitely less challenging than getting into comic books. Is, is that something you're still pursuing or for any comics? It is, though, uh, and I do have this Punisher miniseries that is... Floating? Floating around Marvel. I mean, I know they do have, you know, these series that, you know, like especially miniseries yeah. that can go and they can Yeah, just like David Lather did a really good one. Like, people, yeah, people do like the 40... How many of your... Like four five, issues. five issues. And it could just... It can just float there forever. Uh, I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's been a couple of years now, so... Uh, every so often they'll ask me to cover some lettered pages, so I don't know. I don't yeah. know, but I do want to do more comics. Um, Walking Dead really does take up a lot of time. I really want to know how Robert does it. Um, oh, that's insane. I have no like, idea he does... how he does it. And he has two kids. And he, uh, you know, he has a wife. And his he has kids a life. His kids don't hate him like, no. Just love it. Why are we enough? Why do you have to keep I writing? No, I have no indication of anything but love. Te- check on us. Like, check for us. What's that? <laughs> check for uh, us. Yeah, I'll ask him. Uh, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do more comics. I, I will, I'm, I'm certain that I will do more comics because in this day and age, if you want to do comics and people don't, like, let you do comics, you can still do comics if right. you just put a little effort into it. So I definitely will do some more comics. So what advice would you give these parents? Um, they're nerds, really? Yeah, they're nerds. It's a geeks game, but yeah, they're nerds. I Nerd love, is such I, a I, positive word. Yeah, now. I, I love my little mouth breather friends. Mouth breather. For people who would want to write for television is probably because that's yeah, yeah, most sure. of what I did is uh, do, 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 come on, don't be thinking about the end already. Yeah. It's what I do. Don't I? <laughs> I don't want to do other stuff with that. So. Right. So, uh, so what do you do? What would you tell these nerds? Right. I mean, that's like every the number day. one thing. Yes. Right every day. Uh-huh. Uh, but know, know where you wind up. Where you want to wind like up. Like have a plan. Like have a yeah. goal. If you... The You're shows that you goals. like... Yeah. And the shows that you like, write towards them. Okay. I do recommend doing like original work. Yeah, that but, was, remember when like the like people were like, oh, you got to do specs of different TV shows. Remember that when that was like the thing to do, and now it's kind of been like, no, what's selling now is originals. I think it's also that we don't all watch the same shows, right? I mean, even during the past ten years, audiences have become so fractured that mm-hmm. you could write that amazing Dexter, but if you send it out there to producers and agents, you know, at best, fifty percent of the people watch that show, right? And then maybe twenty five percent watch that show, you know, in in like a, in a loyal way. Yeah. So, uh, but what's great about writing an original script is, a it shows your voice, uh, your voice, your own voice, mm-hmm. and and b, um, it might not only just get you staffed. You know, if people dig it enough, maybe they want to make that TV show. Right. Um, but right towards the shows uh, you love watching, but also if there is more than one type of show you like watching, um, you know, write, write towards those different shows. I wrote, um, I wrote actually five scripts, you know, over the years when I was starting out. There was about three years between Fillmore and getting into live action. And then I will say, getting into live action for Fillmore was starting completely 
over from scratch. There That's was crazy. No, like, wow, you executive. Yeah, you did cartoon. Nobody cared. Were you frustrated? Um, Were you like, uh, did you think that you like messed up in some way? Like, what did you think in those years? And you were like, you know, you'd gone from executive producing a, a cartoon. It was. I was to, very afraid that I would be wiping off tables. Did with you, my show on the set of that coffee shop that I was wiping. Right, and you were like, "Damn it! Like, I like, I, like, what do I do?" Um, no, I kind of knew what I was getting into. Okay, and uh, I had this goal, and it was a little scary. I, I, I didn't, you know, make like a, a mint off of Fillmore. I was, uh, of course, one yeah. of the younger executive producers they had had, and and by no means where they were like, oh man, you know, we have to get him. Um, I was very lucky that I got the show on the air. Uh, I don't know, it was a little scary, um, but it was exciting and, and I loved, I don't know, I, I loved that time. What's that? Like there was a freedom to it? Because you could literally, like like you were writing several scripts, you could, you could choose what you were going to write next. Yeah, I mean, I Fillmore had an incredible freedom to it. But this was, I don't know, it was just doing, it was writing other shows that I wanted to see on TV. Yeah. And, and I loved it, and I wrote, um, you know, like, one was a spec, and then I did uh, four originals, and they were all different genres. And three of them turned out to be ones that uh, people dug, and... Uh, they got me on different shows, uh, the different types of scripts. You know, one was a teen drama, one was uh, sort of like a sort of a dark procedural, and one was one was a genre piece. And uh, I was lucky that you know I had all these different sorts of scripts to show these different sorts of shows. And since I like different sorts of shows, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I think it's been great learning. You know, I've been on six shows now in five years. And that's the um, advice, really, is, like, just write a ton, but write, write, a ton. write towards a goal. Write towards a goal and decide, do you want to be hour-long, do you want to be half-hour? And mm-hmm. then within that, uh, what are the types of shows I want to make? And, you know, choose a few different genres and uh, write a few different scripts. Write them hard, make them so that you love them. And then, you know, the hardest thing is how do you get them in front of people? Mm-hmm. And that is a tough thing. I will say, becoming, working to be like, uh, you know, a PA or, or a writer's assistant, uh, that is really the ultimate, uh, or, or at least the certain benefit to those positions. Yeah. Those positions can lead to other things. Yeah. Um, but for that, but for, while you're there, you have that accessibility. But the thing you can absolutely count on is uh, the possibility of, one of those people being able to slide it over to their agent or, or a manager or, or even, you know, one of the people there finding it great. Um, beyond that, uh, because I wouldn't say that you have to be a PA, you have to be a writer's assistant. Right. How, how you get it in front of an agent, that is a trickier thing. I'm not, I'm not sure if I have great advice on that point. But I know that I think there are more ways now than there have in the past where you can interface with agents and managers at panel discussions all over the city right. or New York or here or so fast, what about these uh, script competitions where some I mean, of them are on the board some of them are on the judging 
Yeah, I, I, I absolutely like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Austin Art Film still does it. Austin, uh, the Austin Film Festival has a great screenwriting competition. Does South by Southwest? No, uh, no, Austin Film Festival. I know some friends who actually got staffed by having really great specs or really good originals at Austin Film Festival's screenwriting competition. See, well, then a couple of them have been on this show. Well, see, well, there you know, you filled in the advice. Yeah, but but, but nothing happens unless you guys write it. Nothing happens unless you guys write towards a specific goal uh, you know this is what my idealized version of this type of show would be and then you mm-hmm. write it and you make sure that when it's written it's you beat it with sticks and it looks good and it and it's good oh uh, absolutely absolutely and and yeah that you've gone over that 1500 times mm-hmm. i mean i've been past scripts uh you know it, it happens a lot and what's rough now is the backlog i have is is really embarrassing and yeah and i'm not making much of a dent to it but when I had a little more time and I was reading if if there were like, you know, big format errors or, or big spelling errors or right. grammar and things like that, like it's such a stupid way to cut yourself off at the knees. It's awful. Because it shows that you're just being sloppy. Being sloppy and lazy at the part that's the you know, that's proofreading is the easiest part of the right. of the whole thing. So Yeah, Tyson read uh, my feature yesterday and he and he said I'm not continuing you mess spell. I don't know, I'm messing with you. Four, to- four times? It's four mistakes. Four mistakes? Oh, my goodness. Frank Darabont was, like, so hardcore about that sort of thing. About format, about grammar, about misspellings. Like, uh, you know, I mean, it happened. He didn't go nuts about it. But even he himself, he would drive up. He would just be... He horrified. had his own little Eeyore. Well, he, he, well I don't know if he's uh, as Eeyore-ish as me, but he just... I think he would he would he would die if he saw that he misspelled something and mm-hmm. distributed the script. Yeah, I had Tyson um, write him down. You didn't write him down, did you? I know the pages that are on. Okay, good. Okay, good. I like that. He knows the pages that are on, listeners. Um, so Scott. Yes. Thank you for coming on Geekscape. Thank you. Hopefully, first, first podcast. Your ever. first podcast, which is crazy. Yes. I think these nerds who love The Walking Dead should be inviting you. Like, there's got to be zombie podcasts and stuff like that. They've got to be asking you for. I, I've not been asked. Um, it was the connection uh, that's, that we, it that's was. All it was right. because we fought on Left 4 Dead together. What's that? It's because we we lo- we fought on Left 4 Dead together. Like we fought side by side in that. That was that, that was house. why I left at this. It, they truly, need to, we've been through the wars together. We need. They need to make a Left 4 Three, like Dead Three. Like oh, they, they need will. to be doing. You know, I'm certain they will. And we will be brothers again. Like yes. honestly, I don't play that. I don't play online that much with Left 4 Dead unless I'm playing with you, Tim, and Graham. Yeah, and hopefully and it's been too long. Well. I don't. None of us were married at that point. I, w- I wasn't married. I think I two and a half years. Well, I was with my wife. I was with mine, but like in, in Tim Jennings, I don't know. I don't know what his. I mean, he's he's a vagabond. Um, yeah. But we weren't married, and, and I had lunch with with Graham and his lady the other night. Have you met Buffy? I haven't. She's I cool. She's very cool. Graham's got a girlfriend. And she's awesome. With and, an awesome name. And I don't know. Very, yeah, very yeah they, 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 they call her Buffy the Graham Slayer. Uh, nice, and uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe when they release Left 4 Dead three, we'll play again, and Graham will be married, and we'll be like the married you know. dudes. Well, I you know I, I have to play it for work. <laughs> That's the excuse you yeah. use. <laughs> Actually, the only other like hardcore gamer on this show is uh, is Angela Kang, uh-huh. who um, actually is a big Left 4 Dead person. So that's cool. We, we can bring her aboard as well. All right. Um, 
I'm done with that. Let's just boot Graham. Is she married? She is married. Yeah, so Graham is the odd man out. He's the unmarried person. We can't play with him. Maybe maybe there'll be five. Maybe you can have a party of five. A party of five. (laughs) (laughs) On Left 4 Dead 3. Um, I'll be Scott Wolf. (laughs) Um, So, guys, uh, you guys check out AMC's uh, Walking Dead. I think it's Sunday nights for the rest of this season. And then, of course, you got season three going up. Hopefully... Sometime in 2012, we get a bit of this Da Vinci show. What was it called? Da Vinci's... Uh, da Vinci's Demons, and it'll either be right at the end of 2012 or 2013, but it will be super cool. And you know what? Like, the dude wrote Ghost Rider 2, and I liked Ghost Rider 2, and I know you guys miss me reviewing movies every week, um, but I loved... I really, really, really enjoyed Ghost Rider 2, so I'm, I, I, if you go by Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't the most accurate thing ever... Uh, I guess I'm in the minority, but I've always tried to ignore Rotten Tomatoes. It is, just like it movies is a on my fun own. night at the movies. Right. And I don't know. Go yeah. with your loudest, drunkest friends. Yes. You well, know what I mean? And I mean, just have fun with it. Like, just have fun with it. Okay? There's a, there's a flaming, gigantic earth mover in it. Dude, that, was, that was the scene where I was like, this thing totally has won me over for good. Yeah. Uh, that was, that's uh, from the mind of Seth Hoffman. I thought that was and, fun. That was uh, a lot of fun. Um, all right, guys, Scott Gimple on Geekscape. And of course, we're going to be at South by Southwest later this week. So you're going to be wanting to check the website, uh, geekscape.net. If you guys are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, look for Geekscape. You'll find us. You can tweet at me at Jonathan London. Scott is, what's your Twitter? Oh, it's, uh, Scott M. Gimple. Scott M. Gimple. Scott M. Gimple. And, um, and yeah, if you guys have any questions, send them to me, Jonathan at geekscape.net. And we will see you guys next episode. Sound good? Awesome. Great. All right. Well done. Well done. Way to go. Over and out. Tyson, you okay? I'm great. Tyson's (laughs) good. All right. Don't die on me, buddy. We got you this far.